So Steve O'Reilly, I don't think he's here now, but uh, he, he uh, shared this little story with me a few weeks ago, and I found it humorous. Maybe you will too. So this woman goes into her son's room to wake him up on a Sunday morning. His name is Stanley. And she says, Stanley, you need to get up. It's time for church. And Stanley says, oh, you know, you ever have one of those mornings? You just roll back over. She says, son, you need to get up and go to church. And he says, oh, mom, I don't want to. The kids make fun of me. So she decides to give him a few minutes. She walks out and she comes back a few minutes later. Stanley, you need to get up and go to church. He said, the people talk behind my back. Mom, I don't want to go. She said, Stanley. She got her firm voice on. She walked over to his bed and shook him a little bit. She said, you have to get up and go to church. You're the minister. <laughs> My, my mom lives with us now, so look out. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> right, it's kind of a groaner, isn't it, Mario? <laughs> so today's core value is service. Service is one of our four core values here at Unity of Walnut Creek. And if you've been tracking with us throughout this series, we've been moving through them, love, connection, wisdom, and now service. And so we draw from all of them, service is the action piece. Service is the one that says, I call from these innate ways of being, wisdom, connection, love, and then I put it into action. My uh, sister introduced me to Unity way back when, and her friend introduced her, and her friend didn't stay very long, and she said, yeah, that Unity, it's too simple. And it's like, oh, she didn't get the part, but it's not so easy. <laughs> she didn't stay around long enough about the action piece, about the living the principles, about putting them into action in your relationships, in your life, in your work, and all the ways that you show up in the world. That's where the rubber hits the road, right? That's where we really learn. That's where we really grow. And so it is this idea of service that really is a key piece. And we're not talking about service like any old kind of service. We're talking about sacred service, service with soul, service that has a sense of divine connection that this is really mine to do. It doesn't matter how grand or humble the task. It's not about that. It's about the energy with which we approach it, just like anything else. The consciousness that we are connected to when we do what we do. And that's when we feel the fulfillment, right? So many of us would say, I get more out of it than I give when everybody's lavishing gratitude, right? On what it is that we have done. But if it is done in a way that is out of this uh, spirit of sacred service, of soulful service, it fills us to give. It's just like our prosperity affirmation we say every week, you know, divine love, it blesses and multiplies all that I am, all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. It does when we financially give, and it does when we give in service to wherever it is that the divine calls us to be in whatever ways we are called to give. 
So um, there's a book out by Oliver Bergman, and um, he talks about how many weeks we have in our lives as human beings. Anybody have a guess about how many weeks a typical human life is? 3,500, Grace? 1,000? Okay. Anybody else? Seems meager. Yeah, so usually when he asks people, they say stuff like 300,000, 250,000, but it's actually 4,000 is a typical, based on the average lifespan, 4,000 weeks. That's not very much. A whole lifetime? No wonder we all say time is flying. (laughs) Seems to be going by so fast. But how are we going to spend those precious 4,000 plus weeks or whatever it is for each of our, our lifetimes? How are we going to spend, as Mary Oliver the poet says, our one wild and precious life? And how are we spending it? What are we doing now? Is it feeding your soul the way that you're spending your life? Is it evolving you spiritually? Is it allowing you to grow and to blossom? And if not, what would? What kinds of changes maybe need to be made so that you could really be serving life and therefore fulfilling your own soul, your own heart's desire. Last week, in the context of the core value of wisdom, we talked about following guidance, about the power of discernment, which sometimes we call this in the 12 powers of humankind in Unity's teachings, we call wisdom sometimes discernment, the power of discernment, because it's a real, it really is using it in action is about following guidance and discerning what the guidance is. And so it's that process that that comes to us. Sometimes it comes to us, the guidance comes to us as a calling, as a pull, right? That we suddenly feel nudged in a direction or clearly pulled in a particular direction. Sometimes it happens out of a kind of divinely ordered serendipity of life that suddenly all these things seem to line up for us or maybe both occur. That kind of divine order or serendipity, divine serendipity, uh, happened recently here at Unity of Walnut Creek. Uh, so I about it was last summer. I called uh, Holly Cursus because um, Reverend Larry Schneider was coming. He's driving over the mountain from Nevada and uh, needed a place to stay because he was going to speak on a Sunday. And then the next day he was launching his online class. And I called Holly. I just felt guided to call Holly and ask her if she would put him up for the night, she and Paul. And she said, Larry Schneider? I said, yeah. Reverend Larry Schneider? I said, yeah. She said, I have been wondering how to contact Reverend Larry Schneider for a long time. She said, I have been searching through all my old notes. He came here like eight years ago or something, taught a core values class. She said, it meant so much to me. And lately I've been thinking about it and thinking about him and wondering how I could make this connection again. She said, do you think he'd mind if I asked him a question if he stayed the night? (laughs) I said, I don't think he would. So he came, he stayed overnight, they got to talk about it, and you might remember that Holly offered a two-week class on core values the last couple Sundays, which 14 people came, were richly blessed by the experience, Holly felt really blessed by the experience. Another thing happened in this whole um, outplaying of divine order that was completely unexpected. Reverend Larry suddenly made his transition. I mean, nobody saw it coming. It was just like, wow, all of a sudden this very, I mean, this guy who walks on the balls of his feet, you know, he's that kind of chipper, 
He's just like, I don't know if you remember him, but he's just sort of a joy in action. That's kind of how he moves. And he's, he's you know, he just seems like he's so fit and so excited and so joy. So it just kind of put us all on flat-footed, like, oh my gosh, Larry Schneider, what happened? So I got to be at his memorial, which or his celebration of life, which was on Zoom not that long ago. And people were sharing, you know, Larry's gift to the world. His biggest joy was teaching. It brought him so much joy to teach. And it was really his thing, you know? And I, I thought suddenly, oh my gosh, I gotta tell the story about Holly. And so I told the story about Holly and how now she's teaching the core values that influenced him. And I can't tell you how blessed his wife Paula felt and the people that were there to know, to feel comforted that his teachings live on through his students and right here at Unity of Walnut Creek in the form of core values, which we're talking about today. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, right? All the interweaving connections. And what was it about this whole story and all the connections that happened that allowed it to, be, to unfold in this way was that every key player followed their guidance. Every key player did whatever it was that they were prompted to do or to say along the way in order for it to unfold and be a blessing to so many. And that's the way the divine works. You know what they say, it works when I work it, <laughs> right? It's always there. God is always there unfolding in our lives, guiding us, bringing us the best and highest good, showing us the right connections. It's just, are we paying attention? That's the key, right? Are we paying attention? Are our hearts open? Are our minds open? Are we so busy on what is our agenda and what we think needs to happen that we're doing this and we're just like head down, moving in life in this way? when the way to live is like this, right? Like Earl Anderson on the faculty of unity used to say, every morning before his feet hit the ground, good morning, God. What do you have in store today? Count me in. You know, even if he was tired, if he didn't sleep well that night, he found the enthusiasm within himself to call himself into what it was that the divine had to unfold through him and as him that day. And it's that kind of practice that helps us stay in the flow and this wonderful divine ordered process of life that occurs when we're paying attention. So, you know, this kind of thing comes, uh, unfolds for us in lots of different ways. Sometimes we might call it a calling or it might just be a nudge, an intuitive nudge. Maybe it's one of those that doesn't leave you alone. You know those? You, you get a little nudge, and then you go, yeah, yeah, later. I'll get to that later. And then you get it again, and then you get, you know, three times is a charm for me. I don't know about you, but when you hear the message three times, it's like, oh, okay, I'm really paying attention. It could be something simple, like the title of a book, or it could be something big, like you keep getting that inner call to do something differently or new or whatever you're doing in a different way. So it was like that for me to trace back to when I was first called into ministry. I, I was in a, a ministerial class where we did this meditation and they had us go back to that. And I was surprised at how far it went back because I didn't really realize um, I was being called to ministry at this time. But I immediately remembered this occurrence 
Uh, I was at University of Illinois, had taken a, audited a class by invitation from this man I was working with as a consultant, Dr. Robert Stake. And um, I got out of the class, and my partner had come down uh, with me, down from Chicago, and it was a Midwestern rainstorm going on. Now, I know we think we know storms in California, but, <laughs> you know, we're talking thunder and, like, just deluge of rain that you can't drive in, you know? So we had pulled into the parking lot and thunder and lightning and everything was going on outside. So this was very like Charlton Heston kind of movie <laughs> background, right? <laughs> but I didn't get like the outer signs that happened through that. Instead, I was having this inner experience and I was crying and I was saying, you know, I just feel like God wants me to do something and it's like, feels big, but I don't know what it is. And I was just so wrapped up around it because I think I had a lot of different anxieties around it. It's like, one, it's never going to be revealed to me, and I'm always going to feel like there was something I was supposed to do, and I just missed it. I didn't get it. The signs just, I didn't follow the signs, right? Or it's going to be revealed to me, and it's going to be like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, something. Some, so, so I had all these fears and anxieties attached to whatever it's going to either come or it's not going to come, and fears on both ends, right? And so um, it was just that recognition that there was something that was the beginning. Here's the thing a lot of times that anxiety about it's going to come and I won't want to do it or whatever it is or I'll be afraid to do it is a lot of times we get confused by God's will and our heart's desire. And at that time, I didn't really know the difference. And here's the thing, there isn't any. <laughs> you know, our deepest heart's desire is God's will. It's not like we're going to be asked to do, it might be asked to do something that scares us. We might be asked to do something that grows us. Of course we are going to be, right? That is what the divine is all about, pulling us into greater things, into, uh, to step into the allness of who we have come here to be. So there's always going to be some of that going on. But we're not, it, it, it is what we want in our deepest hearts, even though we may not be aware of it yet. Sometimes we are, sometimes we aren't. So allowing our souls, knowing that whatever it is we are asked to do is going to be for the greatest evolution of our souls, is going to be the greatest opportunity for our spiritual growth, is something to just kind of keep in the backs of our minds. So a lot happened in my story between that time and the time that I actually entered ministerial school and then ministry. Because even in ministerial school, I was still kind of confused, like, why am I here again? How did I get here? <laughs> it took a while to sink in. But, you know, there, there is a process that seems to happen that I could say is probably a pattern for just about any of our journeys that involve this kind of following the call, whatever that call is, or the nudge that comes. And the first thing, or the thing that probably was likely to come up in most scenarios, is that something needs to fall away. Not always, but I think a lot of times, something needs to fall away. It's kind of like where we are in ministry, really worldwide, uh, but we'll just focus it here at Unity of Walnut Creek. We're at that place where we need to say, what is really ours to do now? You know, what are we really, really good at? And let's let the other stuff fall away. Let's not spread ourselves so thin. Let's do what we do really, really well. 
It's the same for each of us individually, right? What is it? What am I really now being called to do? And maybe something will have to fall away in order for me to say yes to that. Maybe even something I still want, but I'm willing to say no to it so that I can say yes in a bigger way to whatever it is that's drawing us. So back to my experience um, with this, uh, this pull, this call, there's something that uh, the God wants of me. Um, afterwards, I, a little while afterwards, I had a dream that Dr. Robert Stake died. Now, I loved him, so I was very, you know, upset when I woke up, and I called him right away to say, are you okay? <laughs> he said, yeah, yeah, everything's okay. And as I sat with it, I realized he was trying to lure me onto a path that he felt was good for me and, and as a mentor. And he had asked me to come down and take, take that class, to audit the class, because he wanted me to enroll in a PhD program under him. And his death in my dream was telling me that path was dead to me because something else was pulling me. So something might need to fall away. And we need to, well, we don't need to, but it's, we're encouraged, I think, by spirit on this path to be in faith with that, trust that, that whatever it is that needs to fall away is for the good of what we are stepping into. And there might be grief, and that's okay too, right? That's part of our human process. So as you prepare to follow whatever it is that's nudging you in some particular direction, just know that there might be something that goes away. If you're in a position now where you're doing something with your daily life and it's kind of become like you're phoning it in, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's just kind of become rote or automatic and it doesn't really have the joy or the passion in it anymore, it might be time to reassess, to wonder what it is that you're really being called into, to use your gifts in a new and fresh way perhaps. And first and foremost, to get clear on what might need to change within you, and then to ask the question of what might need to change in my outer conditions to make it so. That can help support us. Another thing that happens is there are patterns that happen throughout, right? There are places where there are dots that we could connect if we're paying attention. So along the way, as we feel this desire, this nudge, this something that is arising in us, this sense that we are being asked to move forward in a certain way or move in a particular direction, that we notice the things that happen that we could connect the dots and, and help us validate that we're on the right track. That's really what it's about, is helping us understand, oh, I see, I am on the right track. So for me, during that time, I was in the field of education, and I was learning things and trainings in what I was doing there that I was learning at Unity. The difference was the spiritual context in Unity. So I was like, wow, this is really interesting. They said that on Sunday, and look, here in my class on Tuesday, I'm learning about something similar. Well, what, so the, the connection was really cool. What I also noticed in that was, I'm really interested in the spiritual context, though, of that. And so there was a pull in that direction, noticing the pattern. I noticed another pattern going to unity. Maybe some of you can relate to this, especially if you're newer to unity, I think, but maybe even now after many decades. On Sunday, I would feel uplifted. By Wednesday, it was usually waning quite a bit. And so 
it would like be kind of like, how can I eke that energy to get to Sunday, right? So I can have the uplift again. Anybody relate to this? Yeah. So I, so I was like, well, I'm noticing a pattern, so maybe there's something I could do midweek. So, well, they have a bunch of classes at Unity of Chicago. Why don't I take a class? So I started taking midweek classes, and that was like the thing that kept my boat buoyed throughout the week. Plus, when I did that, I was like, wow, this stuff is really cool. I was really fed by and hungry, super hungry. You know how we get like that on the path, especially in the early years? It's like, I want more. What is this about? I need to unpack this a little further and deeper. And wow, wow, wow. You know, all the light bulbs start going off. And so it was that kind of uh, pull that allowed me to take more classes and so on. So, so it is the patterns, the dots that we connect that help us recognize, ah, I'm on the right path. Taking maybe the first step in. And then just noticing, how do I feel now? Taking another step, how do I feel now? You know, and then noticing the doors that open, the things that help us make the bridge. The yes becomes stronger when we notice the patterns and we keep committing to that journey. And then finally, the third thing is to step out on the path, right? To actually step on that path knowing that it is there for our spiritual nurturance. It is there for our spiritual growth and our soul's evolution. That that is what that path that is being laid before us is all about. That's why we're being pulled down it. And so recognizing that and taking action, taking the steps doing the follow-through. Sometimes that gets really pedantic. You know, it's suddenly like, I got to make a bunch of calls or I got to find out about this or I got to do some research. It becomes very earthly, those steps that we take because that's what it is about to be a human divine being, right? Is that w those things come together when we are on that path of service, of action, of love and action. And so taking the step is a really key piece. So letting go, noticing the patterns, and stepping out, and then keep stepping, right? Keep stepping. There are some guiding questions that can help us. If you're still at that point of, yeah, I feel too like there's something, but I have no idea what it is. What's next for me? What's new for me? What's fresh and alive and passionate for me? I'm not really sure at this point. Here's some guiding questions to live into and to be with, to reflect on, to walk the to take on your walks, to take on a walk in the labyrinth is especially potent, to sit within meditation, to reflect upon, to journal about. And there are these three, three, these three questions. What are my gifts? Who are my people? And where is home? What are my gifts? Who are my people? And where is home? Any one of those you can start with will begin to lead you to the answers of the others. So you could take them one at a time, you could take them all three, whatever it is that feels alive for you. But to really be with those questions so you can begin to hone what is truly yours to, to bring forth. They, they all work together. You can also plan on uh, attending that spiritual gifts workshop that's coming up on April 16th, which will help you really discern um, what, is, what, is, what are my gifts and how can I then share them with the world, with unity, with wherever I, I may be on my path. Howard Thurman says it really beautifully. He says, ask what makes you come alive and go and do that. 
Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Isn't that so true? It's a big amen. I love that quote. Because it is what we are, what the world needs most is people have come alive. When we are alive, we are on purpose. When we are alive, we are excited. When we are alive, we're passionate. When we are alive, we are impacting others' lives in the most positive way we possibly could. And so it is that aliveness that we're tapping. Service enlivens us. Sacred service engages us in life. It allows us to be that influence, that impact, that I think we all long for, a sense of purpose, a sense of making a difference, a contribution in our 4,000 plus weeks on this planet. So let's cast out the shoulds and the can'ts and the not enoughs, because those are the things that get in the way. Those are the things that will prevent you from getting to these goods. And as we let go of those, we can just say, thank you, God, for all that I am, for all that I give, for all that I receive, for all that I have, and fill up our well with inspiration, with reflection, with what it is that can keep us on the journey, keep us on this path that we're called into. For unity and for each of us, there is this parallel track that is really more than parallel. It's interwoven, right? Perpendicular and parallel in mathematical terms. That we are each on our journey individually, and unity is on a journey as a whole. And you, as a part of this community, it, your core values and your journey is interwoven with unity, and unity is with yours. So when unity as a whole, as a community, we align with spirit and we follow accordingly, you're blessed, and vice versa. When you align and do what is yours to do, unity is blessed, because we're part of a soul family. You know, even if you don't feel like integrally uh, connected to the soul family, you're still a part of the soul family, or you wouldn't be here. And so there is that sense of we are moving together. So as a community, we ask, what serves now? What serves now? It's a different world in some ways. It's the same world in some ways. But what serves now? It behooves us to ask, to be in that question, as it does for each of us to ask, what serves now for each of us individually? What are the pains that are pushing us? And what is the vision that is pulling us? You know, I could identify some of those, the pains that seem to be pushing us in society or, you know, uncertainty, anxiety. Some of that that it just seems to still be living in the ethers, maybe always, but in a kind of sharper way. And fears about not enough, not having enough. Let limitation and lack. A changing society, a changing idea of what ministry is and church is and how it meets people's needs or if it even does anymore in the way that we've done it traditionally. And so that's what pushes us, right? So what pulls us is a new vision. What pulls us is how do we meet society's needs now? How do we meet the spiritual needs of community now? I see us in unity as a sanctuary, as a place where we come and refill, as a place where the people who are out in the world, you and others yet to come, who are tired out there, who are spent, come in this place and say, ah, oh, I can relax, I can be myself, I can be filled up, I can be uplifted, I can do this when I walk out the door because I'm now refilled. So we provide that. We're good at it. Let's be really good at it. 
Let's be really clear on that. It's a place of healing. It's a place of transformation. Unity has been a place of healing since the very beginning. It's a place where minds are healed. It's a place where bodies are healed. It's a place where relationships are healed. It's a place of transformation. And so we know that. We know what that vision is that's pulling us maybe to do that in different ways, in bigger ways. And so for each of us then, how do we connect into that bigger vision of the community and our own? A question for all of us to ponder, to live with. So much, right, in our faith walk about sustainability, about prosperity, about raising up our consciousness into a place of prosperity from the foundation from which we came, where our founders made a covenant with spirit and said, this is what we're doing, God. Thank you for supporting us. End of story. And they created a movement. <laughs> you know, so what covenant do we make? It needs to have that faith behind it that says, I will be supported. We will be supported. We have an endless supply of prosperity that will continue to be called to support the vision and the dream because it is a vision and a dream based on spirit. Same for each of us. Yeah. So if we remain connected, connected, consciously connected to the divine, if we remain rooted in divine love, if we allow ourselves to continue to stay connected to the wisdom of spirit, then what is ours to do in service is going to be crystal clear, all of us, and will be supported fully by the ongoing source that serves all of our needs that rallies forth to give us all the resources. So if you find yourself stepping on the path and saying, there's not enough, remember that God called you there. Your source called you there, and therefore you have everything you need. All the love you need, all the time you need, all the money you need, all the courage you need, whatever it is that you think might be lacking, it's not. Because spirit asked you to be there. And therefore, you are fully supplied, overflowingly so. So, Esther Hicks says, the goal in life is to live tuned in, tapped in, turned on. <laughs> and you know, Nike says, and I, I, I mean Nike, the Greek goddess of victory, <laughs> is whispering in our ear, just do it. I mean, your tennies might help you get there too, but you know. <laughs> so the world needs you. The world needs you. Do you ever really feel that, really take that in? Each one of you, the world needs you. Needs the person next to you too, and needs you. And only you can do what you are guided to do the way that you can do what you are guided to do. I mean, that's pretty incredible to think about. That if, if, that, if you say no to that which you are being guided to do, nobody else is going to fill that. That's a void in the universe. Nobody else can do that the way that you do. And so it's that call, it's that pull, it's that important, it's that precious that we are being called to follow our hearts, to bring, step into our spiritual gifts and to serve. So let's do it.
Shall we? Let's do it. Yeah. I invite you to affirm this with me. Together, I am tuned in and come alive in sacred service. And so it is.